Hi guys, this is Laura, and welcome back to Let's Chat Healthcare. In this episode, Edgardo, an emergency room nurse, was unexpectedly and suddenly admitted into the hospital as a patient and ended up fighting for his life in the ICU, in the intensive care unit. Edgardo talks about his patient experience from the perspective of a nurse. He shares some ways that he feels like the healthcare system can fail patients and can be improved. But he also talks about many ways that the people who work in the healthcare system are there for you when you need them. One thing that he talked about that I really liked was when he mentioned the healthcare workers and the patients are on the same side. It's both of us trying to fight the system. And how are we going to do that together? It was super interesting to hear about his experience as a patient and the things he noticed because he also works in healthcare as a nurse. Also, just so you know, this is a two-part episode, and the second part will be posted on the third Tuesday of this month. I'm really excited to hear what you guys think of this episode, and thank you so much to Gardo for coming on and sharing his story with us. Hi, Gardo. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for driving all the way over here. Yeah, this is a long <laughs> drive. It was, wasn't no, it? No, like... it's so close. Oh, when I sent the tacos, it was like 50 minutes from my house. When you sent for tacos? Remember, I one day when we were doing the meal train, I sent tacos. Oh, and it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was going to drive them down, but then the traffic was like an hour and a half. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, peak hours, it's the worst, but. Probably because it was dinner time. Yeah. Anything, anything past the 105 yeah. is going to be traffic. <laughs> How are you today? Good. You're good? Compared to like to what my life used to be or like oh, just in general? Just in general. Oh, good. Life good. is good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, can you kind of introduce yourself, like who you are and maybe kind of your background as a healthcare professional? Yeah. So my name's Edgardo. Well, people call me Gardo because it's easier. I accidentally called you Gordo once, but yeah. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> It's across the board. It's like El Guardo, El Gato, Gardner, That's true. Garto. Oh, I hear that one a Gordo. lot. I think some people, not that we work together, but at work think your name is Gardo. And just yesterday, someone said Jordan. <laughs> and I don't know how that, but whatever, it is what it is. Um, I've been a nurse since, what year was that? I graduated 2012. I don't so know like why I was years. thinking like I would know. Yeah, like nine years. It's because I was looking okay. right at you. Okay. Just, right, just right into your eyes. No, <laughs> yeah, so I graduated in 2012. I got my license in February of 2013. And then I came into the workforce at a, at a bad time because nobody was hiring. So <clears throat> I couldn't find work anywhere. And my grades weren't the best. So a lot of hospitals I would apply to and they had their like residency programs. Mm -hmm. They were like, nope, like we want, we want this smart straight A people. Can you imagine them doing that now? Yeah, I can't I feel, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like hospitals will hire anybody that passed their test. Yeah. Anybody that's breathing. You, yeah, you, you got a, a pulse, right? Here, come on. You're, you're the patient's family, but you got a pulse. Yeah. You know come how on. to, you know how to clean beds, right? Here, come on. And then, um, so... I applied everywhere. I was good nursing facilities, like every hospital you can think of. Oh, wow. And nobody. And then finally, I walked into a home health agency with a resume. And I was like, hey, I need a job. I'm a nurse. 
And they took you? I'm such a fast, you know, like I'm such a fast learner. Like, yeah. I'm more <laughs> I always say solver. that. <laughs> like that. I work well with others, that kind of stuff. And then um, sure enough, they, they train me for like a day, mm. which is scary. Yeah. Like no nursing experience. And I've worked at like, home health too. Go, go, go to somebody's luck. house and figure it out. <laughs> and then um, I did that for, let me see, I don't know, like seven months. That's a long time. Yeah, people I, get out of home health pretty quick usually. Yeah, I didn't. It was not fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just, do, should we get into that or not really? No, no? Okay. okay. Let's not get. We'll into talk that. about home health later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I knew my ultimate goal was to get into pediatrics somehow. Okay. So. Were you always in LA? Yeah, I'm an okay. LA kid. I was born and raised in South Central, and I moved around okay. a lot. So everywhere and anywhere in Southern California. Okay. And then... How did you get into the pediatric hospital? Yeah, so then my resume had found itself on the desk of an outpatient, like a PMD outpatient. So PMD is like primary okay. medical, like doctor. Like a clinic or yeah, something? Yeah, like a clinic. Okay. But it was for like just pediatrics. Oh, cool. So then... You were like, yes. I was like, absolutely, 100%. So I went in <laughs> and then... It, my end goal was always to be in emergency medicine. Oh, okay. So mine I, too. When I in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like since since nursing school, yeah. I said yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, me too. Once when I started going to nursing school, I was like yeah, it's like eating the floor. I was like oh my god, I can't do floor <laughs> nursing. It's just not my personality, you know. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad you rec- like. It's cool that you recognize that though, because I feel like sometimes as a nurse, you can take a while to find your spot. Yeah. But it's cool that you knew mm. you knew what you wanted. Well, I did first responders. I was like EMT, oh, that kind I of didn't stuff know before. That. I was a lifeguard. So I knew that like emergency slash like pre hospital stuff was yeah. where, where I wanted to end up. Mm-hmm. So So you were at the clinic. I was at the clinic and then I did it for a while and I really I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But clinically I wasn't being challenged anymore. Oh yeah. So kinda then, got bored. Yeah, yeah, and then I was a supervisor there for a while, and it just—it's just not my—it's not my thing either, you know. You have to yeah. have a certain personality for that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, well, let me let me venture off again and, and figure out this ED stuff, and then I found my way to—that's awesome. Yeah, you're in an emergency room now. Yeah. How long have you worked there? Seven years, going oh, wow. on eight years. That's yeah. a long time. <laughs> it's a long Are you time. bored yet? <laughs> no. I'm not. No, I'm not. Every day yet. is different. <laughs> I not, that's not what I like about the emergency room too is every day is different. Yeah. Every patient is different. Yeah. And you're with them for such a like short, short amount, amount of, time. of time. You know what I mean? When when you think of their disease process and whatever they're going through, like sure mm-hmm. you have them for like eight hours and we're like, oh my god, it's a long time. But yeah. really and their length of stay, that might be weeks. Yeah, it's right. The length long. of stay that they're in the hospital, like the rehabilitation or like they're all this other stuff, it takes mm-hmm. a long time. So you're with mm-hmm. them for such a short period. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, I am excited to talk to you because you have a really insightful experience as a nurse, like you talked about, but you've also been a patient. And it is kind of a crazy story. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is very crazy. Yeah. Can you tell us kind of how you became a patient? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. Sorry. And I, it just happened. You know what I mean? I, Mm -hmm. I was at work one day and I started getting sick, sick, like just feeling febrile or 
I was having a fever. And you were like know, normal tired. Cold. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I just don't feel well. One of the kids got you sick. Yeah, somebody got me sick. Yeah. Gastro was going around. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I probably just got gastro or something. So I was supposed to be off for like two days and then come back two days after that. Then the next day, the fevers wouldn't go away. Started with some vomiting. You know, I was like, oh, 100% gastro stomach flu yeah like i just gotta wait it out i'm gonna be fine someone comes in with vomiting for two days in the emergency room yeah. it's like yeah. wait it out two days. yeah wait it out like what are you gonna do don't drink anything go yeah. to sleep right yeah and then if you throw up medicine go get a suppository that's exactly what we would <laughs> yeah. tell someone that came in yeah so in my head i was like there it, one is just vomiting and fever there's no reason yeah. for me to go anywhere like what did are you your stomach hurt uh not really i felt queasy though like nauseous you know? yeah, yeah. I, did. I was okay. just just down. I was just yeah, just you know, sick. Yeah, just sick. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and every day that went by, it wasn't getting worse necessarily, but mm-hmm. I just I didn't feel great. Okay. You know, and then this is now like day four or five, which is pretty long for an adult. Yeah. So by yeah. day four and five, I'm like, well, what if there is some? Because <laughs> in between that time. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, like my eyes look yellow. But you then know you're what? like, I might be going crazy. It's just crazy. gastro. <laughs> I was like, no, it's gastro. Gastro will do that to you. And But it doesn't, obviously, yeah. right? And then my wife, you know, is saying- Who's also a nurse. Who's also a nurse is like, dude, like I think you're sick. We need to figure out what's going on. I was like, dude, it's just gastro. Like just let it be. Let me write it out. My eyes are just yellow because just of the yellow. reflection. <laughs> yeah, come on. We got yellow lights in here. Like that's what happens, you know? Yeah. And then I started- like pissing like really dark Ooh. like pepsi dark and i was like oh shit that's not good that's not like, it's probably because i'm dehydrated right <laughs> like i'm not getting enough fluid so on day four i felt better like okay. it was weird i was like oh my god like i can keep fluids down i was like let's get more of this liquid iv have you heard of that stuff um not really no. i think it's just a bunch of electrolyte powder that you put into it's a drink yeah you oh, put okay. in the water or whatever and then you yeah you know, excuse me, it hydrates, and it hydrates you. you and gives you all those electrolytes. Yeah. So something I felt, we would give to someone with stomach flu. Yeah, exactly. Like Gatorade. Yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Or Pedialyte. <laughs> this is the emergency room nurse and you saying it's nothing. It's nothing. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because if someone came in with vomiting for four days, I'd be like, I mean, you'll be better. You, yeah. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> what you would say. Right. Like, I'm not going to start an IV. Like, your yeah. vitals are stable. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. What is Especially as do? an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're fine. Okay. Oh, you're yellow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. The yellow part, maybe. <laughs> so then the day four, part. I'm feeling better. Day five kicks in and I'm not better. Oh. Okay. By the way, I'm still five days of fever. Like I'm, every day. Every, every day I'm taking Motrin, telling around the clock. Like gastro was kicking my ass, right? <laughs> is what I'm thinking. I'm like, fuck, this thing is messing me up. Man, I understand why these kids cry so much. Yeah. And then <laughs> you suck it up. And then I start my day off. I give my youngest daughters uh, a bath because my eldest was at a softball game. And then I sit on the couch and I start with the shakes. And I'm just like, I couldn't stop. I was just like, what? Like, I don't know what the heck is going on. I was like, I need to take some Motrin. And then I sat on the couch and I was fine. Then my wife came home and I was like, I was like, I think we need to go to the doctor now. I was like, I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And actually, let me let me rephrase that. I was like, 
what I said was, I'm not feeling well. And she was like, we need to see a doctor now. Okay, go Shelly, go Shelly. And I was like, ugh. I was like, do you think so? And she's like, yeah. She's like, at the very least, let's call some of our friends. Yeah. Tell them what's going on with you and see what happens, right? Sure enough, we got on the phone, really good friend. And then he says, dude, you need to at least get lab. If you're yellow, he's like, you have to get labs drawn. Yeah, the yellow, he, I feel like, like is the don't even go to an ED if you don't want to, but go to an urgent care. Okay. I was like, fine. Can so they we, do labs at urgent care? They I can. So we got okay. off the phone. <laughs> and me and Shelly have the conversation. And I'm like, look, it's going to come back abnormal. Like, we know it is. I'm yellow. Like, right? I don't want to go, come back home to get a call to go back. Yeah. Like that's just wasted time. Because they'll literally call you and tell you go to the emergency room. Yeah, go to the emergency room. Like what are they going to do? Like that's urgent cares are there. Like they're really good screening, right? Yeah. To For the simple things we're going to fix. And for anything more complicated, we're going to like refer you to. Us. To the emergency room. Yeah, not even to specialists, (laughs) nothing. It's Mm -hmm. you're going to go to the emergency department Mm -hmm. because we need to wash our hands of anything that might happen to you. So we go to the ED and then I tell them the same story. I get sound on the scale. I'm already like 10 pounds lighter. In like five days. Yeah, in like five days. Wow. And my heart rate's in like the 150s. And of course, I'm febrile. So then I go wait. I didn't even wait that long. And that's they, a bad sign. Yeah, so <laughs> we then, know that's a bad sign. So then sign. I'm sitting there and I'm like sleeping in the chair. And then they're like, you know, they call my name. And then I was like, Already? Shit. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's fast, dude. I was like, this is probably not good. <laughs> And it's not like a now look because when I stepped out of my house for the first time, yeah. I was just yellow. I look like a Simpsons character. Like I was just, <laughs> what the heck? And I was like, oh my god, who am I? Like who is this dude? So then, sure enough, um, start talking, describing, you know, what was going on. And he's like, you have any headaches, stomach pain, things like that? I was like, yeah, you know, my head's been hurting. And I was like, interesting enough, my youngest daughter headbutted me in my stomach, and it hurt really bad. I was like, right here, like right. Normally, that doesn't. Hurt. I was like, it doesn't. Like <laughs> normally, right? Like. <laughs> come on right like <laughs> let's be real no but so then she headbutts me and then i was like it like almost took the wind out of me and it hit me like right here on the liver side right upper quadrant and he goes that's interesting He was like all right well let's let's get um we'll do a head ct we'll get some labs and then we'll get an ultrasound and see what's going on so the labs come back as we're waiting for imaging you know he's like hey dude your white counts to the roof your platelets are like 15 He's like, your which liver, is really high and really low, really high and really low. Your liver enzymes, your labs are off. Are through the, like, like something's going on here. Right. And I was like, oh, crap. So then we go to ultrasound and, you know, you can always tell like where the ultrasound tech is going. Yeah. And then, you know, they become really quiet. They're real talkative. And then they're like, hmm. And you start to, hmm, hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is it. Yeah. So I'm laying there and I'm looking at Shilla and I'm like. I give her the look. And I already head, feel like, sorry to interrupt. I already feel like there's a lot that you can tell as a nurse. Yeah. That you're like, oh, things are not going right. That yeah. maybe as a patient, you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like you, the short wait time. The exactly. Right. Like responding. short wait time. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. The labs. Yeah. Oh, now we want to do all this imaging because now they're just like, let's cast a wide net and see what we catch. Because you know, they don't do imaging for nothing. They don't. Yeah. Right. Especially in an adult emergency department. Yeah. Like that's not something they do. They defer yeah. you to somebody else. So. I was like, okay, clearly something is going on, yeah. right? He gets quiet, and then I'm like, what do you see? And he's like, oh, well, we'll have the doctor talk to you. And I was like, great. <laughs> I know this. I know this conversation, yeah. you know? Um, because normally if there's nothing there, they would 
Oh, one hundred percent. Like even us as nurses, right? Yeah. You'd be oh, like, "Oh, everything's fine. I can't tell you, but everything's fine." Yeah, like, yeah, dude, you're gonna be okay. Like you're gonna go yeah. home. Like it's not a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, so he finishes, and then we go back, and then the doctor comes in, and he goes, "All right, so we found something in your liver," and I I stopped him, and I was like, "Look me in the eye." I was like, "Just be straightforward with me. Is are they solid or fluid filled? What are we looking at?" And he goes, "They're fluid filled." I was like, well, that's a good sign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he was like, I think you might have a liver abscess. I was like, okay. Which is kind of like an infection, like right. a ball of fluid. Yeah. Pus, gross bacteria. That's <laughs> I only just know sitting. how to explain things to five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we know how to do. So this is your liver. Is this it's thing. right here. Yeah. Your stomach hurts and there's a little bit. It tastes gross <laughs> if you eat it with onions. Um, so then he says, we're going to get a CT. Of your stomach? Yeah, of your abdomen. Okay. CT okay. abdomen. And then um, I can't remember if they did contrast. I think they did. Okay. I would imagine. I feel like they would. Just That's just something you put in your body that they that lets them see better. Yeah, especially okay. when it comes to like fluid and places. I heard it makes you have to pee. Does it, did it make you have it to pee? It gives you a hot flash. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> hot flashes. <laughs> just I've gotten so many CTs. Mm-hmm. With contrast, then I am now allergic to contrast. Really? Yeah. Like Dang. it's bad. Like you give me contrast, I break out in hives. Like I'm just your body's like it's too much. Done. Yeah, bro. It's, it's done. It's done. <laughs> and then um, but we'll 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 talk about okay. We'll talk about that. Okay. So then I get the CT done, and then I the doctor comes back in, and we're having the conversation, and he and I asked him, I was like, dude, are we thinking more hemonc here, or are we thinking infectious? He's like, so cancer, or right? Yeah, something that can be taken care or of, or something that be taken care of, right? Yeah. And he goes, well, I don't think it's cancer. Okay, that's he's good. like, I think what we're dealing with is infectious for sure. Okay, I'm gonna consult our infectious disease doc, mm -hmm. let him know your labs and what we found and things like that. Did he tell you what causes? Absolutely. Yeah, so um, he starts asking me screening questions like, have you traveled out of the country? Have you gone so oh, many yeah. bodies of water? Have you... Do you work in an emergency room with yeah, a bunch you, of sick yeah, children? <laughs> have gastro, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Do you eat a jack-in-a-box? I don't know, right? Like everything and anything. <laughs> You're like, yes, yes. I didn't know I was this bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Punish me. <laughs> so then um, I say, no, no, no. Everything's no because it's a... Middle of the pandemic, this is 2021, right? So the world hasn't even fully opened yet. Like we're... Yeah, especially still, in LA. We're yeah, pretty like, much on lockdown. Yeah, because so. yeah. the vaccine, we had only been vaccinated three, two or three months after mm. that, right? Because the vaccine came December 2020. The booster came in January 2021. Mm -hmm. And then I was sick April. So the world wasn't even open mm -hmm. yet. So we weren't doing anything. We had yeah. little kids at home. Mm -hmm. So telling them, hey... You know, this is what I, and he's like, oh, that's weird. That's weird. That's weird. Okay. Let me talk to our doc and see what he says. Okay. So he comes back. He's like, all right. So you have three liver abscesses. He's like, they're about the size of golf balls. Um, we don't know how you could have gotten it, but we'll like keep looking into it. That's crazy. He's like, but at the very least we know what it is, why you're septic. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and septic is just like, you're infected and now your whole body is trying to fight it yeah because it's gone throughout your whole body yeah basically yeah, yeah. you just have this infectious bacteria just yeah. wreaking havoc in your blood yeah because now my liver enzymes are through the roof my 
white counts are high. My platelets are, you know, I was septic. Luckily, my vitals were semi-stable because I was compensating, right? I'm compensating still. So, and this is the kicker, right? Like, as a nurse, we're so good at explaining what we're going to do to patients. Yeah. Oh, uh, here's an IV, like it's just a poke, or it's a CT scan, it's just a picture, right? X-rays, that kind of thing, or a fracture reduction, right? Like, we're just going to pull on your arm a little bit, and then, like, you're going to be fine. (laughs) You're going to go to sleep. You'll be fine. And then, so that's, that's, that was my thinking throughout that whole thing, you know? Like, it's just a poke. Yeah, so then my question was, well, what do we do next? He goes, all right, well, on Monday, because I had gone on on Saturday, he goes, on Monday, um, one, for one, we're going to start antibiotics. We're going to start you on a lot of broad spectrums. So then, they're going to admit you to stay overnight oh, 100%, in the hospital? Yeah. Okay. Like, we knew we weren't going to go home. Okay. So you're getting admitted. We're going to start you on antibiotics. Um, then they're going to drain the abscesses, right? Super easy. We do it all the time. Yeah, we're just going to poke you. Yeah. And then... Um, it's just like a straw. <laughs> yeah, it's just a tiny little straw that goes into your liver. And we're like, and I know this isn't a straw. <laughs> um. We drain as much as we can. We're mm-hmm. going to test what's in there, see what comes back, and change your antibiotics if we need to. We'll leave a drain in, and then you could go home, and then um, you'll just keep getting IV antibiotics. So were you, like, nervous at this point about anything, or were you just like, this is just, like, routine? Like, I'm No, like, it was just so routine to me because I hear yeah. it all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Oh, room 10 has an abscess. Like, yeah. That's, like, like, that's how you say it. So right. Yeah. Like, oh, they, they, they have an osteo. Like, let's get them admitted for IV antibiotics. Cool. Yeah. They have pneumonia, whatever. Cool. Oxygen and antibiotics. See you later. Right. Like, you don't think of anything. Mm-hmm. So then I go upstairs and everything's going like it should be. You know, I'm getting okay. antibiotics. I still have a fever. I'm not feeling well. Waiting for Monday to come. Finally, Monday comes. I get, I get taken to IR. Okay. And then I meet the the doc who's gonna do the procedure, like to drain great. the abscesses. Yeah, to drain okay. the abscesses. And by the way, you're awake throughout this whole thing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like there's no. They don't give you sleepy medicine. They give you like fentanyl. What was it fentanyl versed? Um, that sounds For horrible. pain management and that kind of stuff, and some lido at the injection site. And and it hit me. It hit. That's when it hit me. When I was like, "Holy crap!" I was like, "We are so desensitized." Yeah. At at what interventions actually mean because it's so easy for us to brush these procedures off to be like, dude, it's just a poke, like chill out. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Right. So when I'm laying there, I got all the pain meds. I'm sitting under the, like it was CT guided, I think, or ultrasound. It must've been CT. They had, every, I was in the room with CT and the ultrasound and he reaches over to pull out this little needle that's <laughs> like this that's long. like this long. I think it had to have been. And you're like, my I, definition I of what, little and yours right? are I was like, very oh. And then he proceeds to say, okay, so the abscesses are kind of like in here. So like basically up under my rib cage. So he couldn't get to him straight. So he had to like, so him and I are both looking at this monitor as he's going through. So you were watching room. it. Happen. I'm watching this whole thing. Happen. Was Shelly there with you? No, they didn't. They didn't. It was just me and and like the staff. So I'm seeing the first needle go in, and he's like, like you know, guiding it and going around blood vessels and doing everything. And then he's like, "Cool, I'm in." And he starts drawing like the abscess fluid out, and of course, like 
not a lot comes out enough to culture, but nothing the size of a golf ball for sure. Right. Cause I'm, I'm hoping that I'm like, God, if they can get most of this out, then I'm going to be in a good place. I'll be okay. No, doesn't happen. Cool. He takes it out. Here comes the second needle. And then they did it three times, three times for three episodes. So sounds horrible. it, it was terrible. It was like one of the most painful things I've ever experienced in my life. Oh my gosh. And, and to watch it happen. And you're sitting there and you're like, fentanyl is it? Like, okay. Like, <laughs> I guess that's it. Why don't you just give me a heat pack? You know? And it's painful. Like, yeah. You, look, I, I'm not a crier. That's like not my thing. Yeah. Especially not crying due to like a painful stimulus. Yeah. But I teared up. Because it yeah. was like one of the most excruciating things I've ever felt. And to think that I had to sit there for two more, I was like, oh, my God, here it comes. Like, this is going to be worse. And everyone that went in would just hurt more and more. Like, your threshold for tolerance just goes away. And probably the medicine is wearing off because they had to do yeah. so many of And they're them. not going to put you to sleep, right? Because it's costly, right? Then they're going to have to get anesthesia in here. And then they're going to have to pay for all of this other medicine. They're like, dude, have them suck it up. We can be in and out. And then we don't have to, like, coordinate this whole team to come down here you know that's i've definitely had those conversations even with patients in the emergency room it's hard it's like you know like what right i mean i couldn't i wouldn't even want to say is it the right thing but quality of life yeah yeah right like experience like from the moment you step foot into the ed and like that's already if you're having like a legit life-threatening emergency um your life is forever like changed. Like that's it. Like that has like triggered something that this whole experience is going to be traumatic. Now, whether or not you're sitting at home, like in the corner with PTSD, like that necessarily, but it's a trauma that you have to suffer through, right? The illness itself and then everything that you're going through. So I'm sitting there like, suck it up, dude. Like, and I feel like it sucks that you couldn't have Shelly there with you. Yeah. I mean, it's a big thing. Right. But then also I'd like, what I want her in there, right? Like, it's scary, you know. You you don't yeah. want to have them be more stressed out, like your partner, yeah. right? Like, this is, I don't want you to have to see me suffer. And it's barbaric, right? Like, we think medicine has come such a long way from, you know, the 1800s or whatever. But they're literally poking it's you the with, same like, thing. Fentanyl. Yeah, they're just yeah. poking you with, like, sharp objects and getting in there and, like, leaving drains in. So they leave drains on the two biggest abscesses. The last the last abscess, they drained enough and it was small enough to where they didn't have to leave a drain. Okay. I was like, great. So you have two drains. Fantastic. I have two liver drains. Go back upstairs. And then... You're like, that was horrible. It was a terrible experience. But the worst part is over. And there's just this new thing, and I don't know what the evidence is to support it. Is like get people out of bed as quick as you can and have them walking around the unit so we can get them home. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know what that is, and I don't know if it's financially motivated. Or, exactly. Yeah. Well, if you think of from like a, the narrative of a financial like standpoint, yeah, it makes sense, right? The more people we kick out, the more beds we have open to admit more people, right? But I don't know. I don't know, right? I'm not going to speak to that because I don't know. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that get me out of bed later that day and they want me walking around. Okay. I mean, if that's right. And this is as a nurse now with your peers, uh, not even at the hospital that I work at, right? Like that's, but as like professional courtesy, you go, hey, dude, like, I mean, right. I'm going to give you the trust because 
we're colleagues. Like, yeah. We're nurses. And we're, I would want that of my patients. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'm not going to lie to you if I didn't think, and I'm not going to put you in danger if I didn't. Yeah. And I trust that you're doing what's best for me. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and of course I'm up walking around in a lot of pain. And then I lasted maybe five minutes and I was like, I have to lay down. I don't feel good. So Shelly's here with me at this point. We're back in the room and I'm laying there and I'm starting to have pain and I don't feel well. And then the pain gets worse and worse and I'm laying there and I keep telling the nurse, Hey, you know, I think something's wrong. I was like, I don't feel well. I was like, I feel a lot of tightness in my abdomen. I need somebody to drain like stuff out of this abs. Cause at this point they're flushing things in it to get stuff out into the drains, oh, okay. the pigtails that I had two of them. They're like, okay. So she would try cause she wasn't supposed to, there was no order that says, Hey, we're not, we can't touch those things. Like, that's yeah. the doctor. Like, I'm really not supposed to do any of this, right? Did they know you were a nurse? Yes. Okay. Like, anytime you work in You're healthcare, <laughs> yeah. Like, that is the first thing you tell people in a report. By the way, 27's a nurse. Yeah. And blah, 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 blah. Right. Or this is the cousin of such and such from surgery, right? Like, yeah. those are things you say because you're like, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah. Right? And you have to do everything correctly because they know. Exactly. Because they're watching. <laughs> For sure, hand hygiene. Did is they like, wash all sure? your yeah. IVs before connecting? <laughs> yeah, the hand hygiene, the gloves, the cleaning of the hubs, like all of that happened for sure. So I know I didn't get inf an infection from there, but okay. <laughs> I'm sitting there not feeling well. And, and this then, is a nurse telling another nurse that you're not feeling yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. This is now me going through something that I've never experienced before, right? True. I could be experiencing True. pain that's expected. True. And then she's just like, yeah, it's just something that mm -hmm. you're going to have to go through, right? Mm-hmm. But where, where is that line, right? Like, where do you, like, okay, this is not normal versus, like, yeah. what the expectation is, right? It's because you've never experienced it before, so you don't right. know. And yeah. pain is so subjective, right? Like, I mean, everybody experiences it so differently. If we went based on pain, I feel like in the emergency room, everyone would be, like, the highest. Yeah, security. everyone would be ESI 1. Yeah. yeah everyone would be dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we put 10 out of 10 pains means they're, like, priority, everyone would be a priority. Right? Like, even we are good to that, too. You're like, well, yeah. there, I'm 8 out of 8. Well, so, well, I mean, you still have to wait. Like, I don't know. Yeah, what to do. Pain's not a life-threatening emergency, right? It could but be. It is an indicator, yeah, right? that something's something wrong. wrong. And that's exactly what was going on with me. It's, it's Clearly, something is happening. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm starting to get more aggressive with my nurse. And I'm sh and Shelly's like, dude, like, she's trying her best. Like, don't be so mean. And I'm like, dude, something's wrong. I was like get the doctor up here, like do something, scan me. I don't know. Like, I don't feel well. Something's, something's not right. Yeah. So then I complain again. She tries her best, gives me more pain meds. It helps a little bit. I'm still, I still feel full. I'm not feeling right. I think 20, as the story goes, cause I start blacking out in and out of this cause of the pain meds, I'm not feeling well. I feel sick. I'm still febrile, right? Like I'm not in a good place. Yeah. Um, 30 minutes go by the nurse comes back in and she stops. And then she goes, I'm going to order an emergency CT. And I'm going to tell the doctor. And then Shelly goes, why? What's going on? And the nurse goes, well, haven't you seen? And then the Shelly goes, no, what? So Shelly comes around the bed, sees my bags, my draining bags from my pigtails, filled with blood. Like we're talking, I think it's like 600 cc's of blood. Like frank blood, like bright red blood from bags that had nothing in them really like maybe 10 15 mls of like abscess fluid pussy nasty stuff to within 20 30 minutes just so you're bleeding. i'm bleeding out 
Now I now I now I see this. I see the look on her face, and the first thing I do is I look at my monitor and I go, "My heart rate's okay." I was like, "My blood pressure's still stable." I was like, "So I'm okay right now." But I looked at Shelly, and then I said, "I was like, you need to call your mom." I was like, "Because things are gonna get ugly really fast." And then, sure enough, as the BP starts cycling through, it's like lower. it just keeps getting lower and lower. Hundreds, nineties, eighties, seventies, sixties. And the whole time I'm sitting there laying in bed, watching myself decompensate and like in and out of consciousness, like I'm blacking out. Like it's, I'm watching you and then I blink and then like people are like over here and then I blink again. And then it's like, I'm losing space and time. Like I know something bad's happened. Like this is yeah. what dying feels like. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm watching all the nurses in one corner of the room. And then I'm watching Shelly with the, this look of fear in her eye. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, will somebody squeeze fluids in me? Like 500 cc's isn't <laughs> going to do anything for the 600, 700 mLs of blood that I just lost. I was like, and I'm yelling, I'm yelling at these people. And I told Shelly, I looked at her, I was like, babe, I was like, you need to grab that bag and squeeze it because I need fluid. I was like, I am like hemorrhaging out here and nobody's doing anything. Now, this could have transpired over five minutes. I don't know, right? Like, or it happened over an hour. But honestly, I want to believe that it was within that 30, 40 minute range because all this stuff started happening at like 6.20-ish, 6.15. And then the new shift was coming in. So they had talked to Pick and they're like, hey, dude, we got this dude who's bleeding out. Who needs to go to you guys? So they were the just intensive waiting. Care, yeah, yeah, they were just waiting for ICU to be like, bring that dude over right now. So they're all kind of just standing there. Because a lot of them are not trained on these like super right. critical situations. Exactly. And that's why you need to go to the other floor with other resources. Right. I, one thing I noticed is that I feel like you were able to recognize that something might be happening earlier. And being it able did. to be like, my vitals are stable. And that's when you told your wife to like call her mom. Like you were able to recognize it. At yeah, yeah but, but it didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. true. Other than like. True make me realize that the end of my life was coming that's like true. that's was the only and thing maybe hope could have right so then now i'm <laughs> like your looking. blood pressure a little I'm fine, yeah, I'm so fine. i don't know something right and then the night shift nurse comes in and i'm telling him he's like dude what are you doing i was like dude i was like i need fluids squeeze that bag of fluid into me please like i'm literally dying here and then they're like picky uh, is ready and we're like <laughs> they they were on it. They were flying down the hallways. And you know that's there. a bad sign when that's they're a bad so sign. fast. Like, you know, when you're when the hospital is greeting you with open arms, you're in bad shape. Yeah. You know, if they're making you wait hours on end, then you know what? Count your blessings that you're not. Hopefully not. Anywhere, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the nurse in me is like looking at all of this and going, dude, like this is a problem. Like, how come nobody's doing anything? But the patient in me was like, I'm fucking dying. Like, like, this is it. You know, that's fucking heartbreaking to think that the last thing you did was give your kids a shower and fuck, dude, mind-blowing. And your girls will grow up. Grow up without me. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm laying in this bed dying, not being able to do anything. Like, how, as a human being, to suffer through something like that, to be like, oh, my God. Like these things are so out of your control. Like what, what do you do? You know, and shit went black. I blinked. I, I hear the monitors loud and clear. 
like beep, beep, beep. And then things start getting muffled, more and more muffled. It sounds like I'm underwater. And and honestly, that's what it feels like. Every time you blink, things get darker when you open your eyes. And then you're kind of just floating away. So like if I'm seeing from you, like I'm kind of just moving away from you into this darkness. And then and then you don't hear anything. And then that's it. And then you don't know why you're in that black abyss. There's no consciousness. There's no, like your brain's not doing anything. And you, I just kind of just, and that was it. And then. What's the first thing you remember after that? I remember I woke up. This was a few days later. A few days later. Yeah. So, wow. Apparently, like, I had been awake after they take me back. So, and in the adult world, like, surgery is not like the big thing. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take you to OR to figure out what's wrong with you. We're gonna take send you back to radiology, like interventional radiology. So, they take me in and they shoot the dye in, and then they see, holy crap, this dude, he's bleeding out. Obviously, <laughs> right? Like I could have told you that four yeah. days ago. <laughs> so, but it wasn't just one; it was multiple. So, what happened was the that, guy nicked your liver. Yeah, one of the pigtails. So, one is that when your liver gets infected, it gets like very mushy. Okay. My, and it's normally it's not, not mushy. It's not. It was okay. my liver wasn't in the healthiest of conditions. On top of being septic. So one of the pigtails apparently had like popped open probably when I was walking around the unit. Are the pigtails the things that are supposed to drain the fluid? Yeah. yeah so oh, they okay. literally look like a pigtail. Like it's oh. just, okay. you know, and then it sits in the abscess mm-hmm. and apparently it had like popped open, nicked the artery and then like. Nicked an artery? Yeah. So now I'm bleeding and as, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. As, <laughs> I'm so sorry. As my liver cavity is filling with blood. It's ripping through like the arterial branch of the liver. So I, it's ripping through all of these other arteries in my liver. And causing more bleeding. And causing more bleeding. So the fact that it's still encapsulated in this cavity was applying like a tamponade almost. Yeah, like pressure. To, to help, right? Like it's applying pressure to help with the bleeding. So when they got in there and they saw the bleeds, they just went like they started plugging them, plugging all these all these um the holes in my arteries. So then they stabilized me and they gave me like I think it was like five units of blood and then two units of FFP. That's a lot. So I went back to the room and then I do remember before going down to IR saying, uh, I was like, let let my wife stay until I get back. Okay. Because it was past visiting hours. And during COVID times, it was very strict yeah. visiting hours. They weren't allowing anybody to stay. So I get back to the room and I, you know, she gets to see me. I get to see her. I don't remember that. But she at least got to go home knowing that I'm at least in the room. I'm okay for now. And they weren't letting people stay the night. They still, they weren't letting people stay. My whole hospital stay. Yeah. So it's just visiting hours only. So then luckily the very next day they had changed visiting hours, I think from like seven to eight or nine o'clock at night. Um, so Shelly st- 
sees me, then I'm awake and, you know, alive-ish. Alive, alive <laughs> I guess, right? I'm alive. I'm not dead, but I don't. None of that's in my conscious brain. Like, I don't know any of that. I woke up like two or three days later when finally I was asleep. And then, like, I woke up and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, like where am I right now? Yeah. Like, I look at the monitor and then the first thing I do is I look down and I go, I was like, he's like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's a guy thing. I don't know. Like, I looked down and I'm like, oh my God, thank God. Right? Like, my penis is still there. Right? Like, but then I look and I had like a landing strip. Like, they had shaved me down. Like, and I was like, what is this? I did not this? sign consent for this. Yeah, I was like, I didn't sign anything for this. Like, what is this? I was like, if we can do it, get rid of all the hair. Right? No. You're yeah, like, had, what did they do? And then I had the like pressure gauze and everything. On your And then tomorrow. things start, yeah, and things, things started to click. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I, I, they needed to, to find this bleed and stop the bleed going in by, through my femorals. Like, I was like, was I that fucking bad? Right. And then I'm looking around, I got drains, my stomach is big bruising. Like I have an IJ, an art line. I got IVs, like norepis, like everything. And I'm just like laying there waking up from like this, this nightmare going, the fuck just happened wow like what is this right and you know i'm thinking you are like what happened but you are able to be like hey i know this medication and i know what the monitor means and i know what these lines are and what they're for which kind of makes you less confused but also more and worse because you know that it's bad yeah, you know that norepi doesn't come unless yeah, like, right? yeah, your blood pressure is like so bad. I mean, the odds were against me. I mean, yeah. I was septic and I was suffering. You had from three like abscesses, hemorrhaging, right? Like it nicked an artery. Sepsis alone will kill you, mm-hmm. you know. And then sepsis along with like volume loss. Yeah, dude, like things aren't looking good for you. And bleeding out. Bleeding out. Nicking your artery. Yeah, so the doctor comes in and, you know, he starts talking and they keep now. So when I had first got out of IR, they didn't want to do any CTs when I was complaining about pain because they're like, we don't want to radiate them. It's not necessary. Like, it's dangerous. Okay. Now, after all of this stuff, they were like, just keep irradiating him because we need to find out if this bleed's getting worse. So now I'm getting CT after CT, you know, all of that stuff. And then they shoot a CT of my abdomen again and they go, look, based on his liver enzymes and his labs and the way his liver looks in CT, I can't tell if his liver is necrotic or if he just has this massive hematoma. And so, necrotic means dying. Dying. Like, like is his worthless. liver dying? Yeah. Or just is super blood? sick. Like what's going on? So the conversation comes up. Like if he doesn't start to improve, we're going to have to transfer him to be put on the liver transplant list. Oh, wow. So, well, of That's course, let's, scary. Just, yeah, <laughs> no, let's just add this to the fucking list, right? Yeah. And it is scary, right? Like, because as a nurse, you understand these conversations. You know what's what's going on. And I could advocate for myself, right? I can talk to them about certain misunderstandings or like, well, what about these labs? Like, what? Are, right? Like, you can have these yeah. conversations, you know? 
unfortunately for me, I mean, I was high. Yeah. Like most of that time. So I couldn't even remember like the exact conversation. I was going to ask, like, were you comprehending these conversations or Shelly no? was like, she's like, you, you're very convincing. She's like, because it didn't, you didn't miss a beat. Like you were talking to them and okay. asking appropriate questions. And then, but I don't remember, you know, she's sitting there. She was going like, oh man, like he's going to be okay. And then me so high, not realizing that's what was going on. Um, but then it makes you think for people who don't know yeah. anything about healthcare, right? Like what? How, how can they have these conversations? How can they have these conversations or let alone be in the ICU, right? Yeah. Because uh, of a lack of knowledge, they could be like, dude, you're only putting me in here because you want to bill me for more money. Yeah. Not realizing that that's what you need. True. You know? And, and then even with like suggestions for what happens or whatever, you're just kind of like, okay. Cause you don't, yeah. you don't know. Yeah, you don't know what yeah. you do. And then when you're staring like death in the face, like what are you going to say? You can say no. No, I don't want norepi. No, I don't want to be scanned. Like yeah. what? No, I don't want pain meds because I'm suffering. Like these, it's hard, you know what I mean? Like to be a patient. So not only was I given this new like vantage point of being a patient, but I was thrust into like full, not just like, a patient like you're a full-blown 100% now dependent on the healthcare team to make sure you live what what the fuck yeah. right that's fucking scary sorry to leave you guys on that cliffhanger but you'll just have to subscribe to be notified when part two comes out and it is released on the third tuesday of this month Part two is really interesting because Gardo talks about his recovery in the ICU and the events that kind of led up to his discharge and ways that the system kind of failed him in the outpatient care. I hope you guys enjoyed listening and stay tuned for part two of Gardo's episode, Against All Odds.